Welcome back for the week seven square scare and prayer segment to give you a fresher our square players some manage to have their doubts but you must start them our scare players consider your options because you might want to bench them and our prayer players it's a guy on your bench ranked outside the star line for their position this week that you should consider starting or maybe a flyer you could pick up off the waiver wire in a pinch a criteria for square scare and prayer for square um you know, they must finish with inside top 36 wide receivers, 24 running backs, or 12 uh, tight ends or quarterbacks. Scare is outside those marks, and prayer, again, is inside those marks. I'm joined by my colleague, Timmy, at Nubs on Twitter, my good friend here, Tim. You ready to right, roll right into things this week with your square selection? Yes, sir. Now, usually I try to avoid anything that's top 20. I'm trying to actually like give the most actual advice that's useful versus like the automatic start players, but... This week, I feel really strongly. I'm sorry, I don't know what happened. I feel really strongly about Amari Cooper. I think he's going to have a really big week, not just a. He's going up against uh, Baltimore, which I understand he has limited history with Baltimore, but the last two games he's had with Baltimore has been over 16 and then just under 10 at 9.8. And I know that this is a little bit in terms of time back so it's not the most accurate or i should say actionable data to work upon but based on the actionable data that i have two of six weeks he's been under 10 targets the other four of six weeks he's been 10 plus and with those 10 plus he's been 14 points minimum when it comes to the getting the 10 plus targets so that's something i feel really comfortable about i think that this is going to be a high scoring game because baltimore's at home and they give up about four points more at home than they do on the road as well as the fact that um, Baltimore plays a lot of close games when it comes to their opponents at home. And I think that because of that, the teams are going to need to continue to score points, as well as the fact that if Lamar's on, because Cleveland's defense isn't that great, both teams are in the, the bottom 12 of scoring defenses. I think that there's going to be points scored in this game on both ends, and the ball's going to be moving up and down the field. Yeah, um, Amari Cooper is a guy I think is there's no there's no good reason for me to be leaving outside the lineup. You know, Baltimore's secondary is intimidating. They haven't been as uh, as a fit, as effective as they have been in years past so far this season. But Baltimore has been, as you mentioned, playing in a lot of competitive games, and the score lines have been rather flattering. They've been rather high. They've been rather exciting. And you know, Baltimore has been chasing games or finding themselves in you know tougher spots than they had expected in the season. Um, which has allowed the other teams, you know, to have to come in and 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 and, and do their part. Um, you know, Mari Cooper, he's with, with Jacoby Brissett. He's been surprising me. You know, he's been surprising me the entire season. Um, and and yeah, he's 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 a guy I'm acquiring. Not even just this week. I you know, in my home league, I looked and there was a manager. He had he was Clyde edwards alaire Antonio Gibson. That was all he had at backs, and I had Kareem Hunt on my team as kind of my RB3-4, and I went and traded Kareem Hunt for Amari Cooper. So he's the type of guy I think will be a little harder to acquire than that in some leagues, especially with guys like Hunt or A.J. Dillon coming off you know, tougher weeks last week. But if there is a, if the Amari Cooper in your league is struggling, you know, I would go, and if it makes sense for your team, he's a player I am looking to acquire, especially knowing that Deshaun Watson will come back around playoff time. That could be exciting. And when he gets the targets, he gets the points. So there's been no question about the number of snaps that he's played or anything like that. It's just about when he gets the targets, he produces every time. Yeah. All right, guys. So I'm going to roll over into my square for this week. It's Gerald Everett. 
you know, we haven't shared enough tight end love on this show. And, you know, there's there's one this week that I just really want to make sure I ended up on zero benches. So that's why I'm going with Gerald Everett. Uh, Gerald Everett, he does talk right inside the top 12 at his position for this week, a tight end nine in consensus. But I'm going to move that line to top eight for our where we keep our little score because I'm this confident in Gerald Everett this week. Manners might be worried about Gerald Everett after two really disappointing weeks back to back. And I can understand why he started so strong. Like my preseason worries were that Donald Parham would steal pivotal red zone targets and Parham was back and involved last week. Additionally, Everett was noted on Wednesday as questionable with an illness. So people might've been seeing that and going and trying to make sure they got a tight end on their way for wire. The good news is Everett was a full participant today at Thursday's practice and Parham's likely going to miss this week with a concussion. And I cannot think of a more smash start scenario. The rule of thumb this season is whenever a tight end plays against Seattle, you absolutely have to start them. Seattle is the most points against them in tight division by a wide margin, almost 40 points against they almost 40 points more than the second worst team against tight ends. They have over a, a lot over a hundred points at times this season. Next is around 65. So, you know, if this, even, even if you take out where Taysom Hill, you're like, he's not really a tight end. He had a 35 point week. You know, TJ Hawkinson had that crazy outlier game. We had 35. If you replace those two weeks with two median uh, performances for tight ends. Seattle's still bottom eight against tight ends. And that's even if you just put in a median, which they've been so bad, you would expect more than that. So with Andrews looking likely to miss this week, the only tight end I'm starting over Jared ever this week with confidence is Travis Kelsey. They designed their defense around Adams and Adams got hurt immediately. For one, they haven't had a pass rush all year. And the only time that Justin or yeah, Justin Herbert struggles is, is against a really good pass rush. I expect Justin Herbert to cur- to carve them up all week, or I'm saying all game, excuse me, this week. And I think that Everett gets a fair share of those targets and maybe even a touchdown or two. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. I'm happy. I have him in a few lineups, so I'm looking forward to next week. So move into our next. We always do a little accountability segment um, and review last week's performance. Now, last week, Timmy wasn't able to be with us, but I did include his picks in the description. Uh, so hopefully a couple of you guys saw those because all three of those hit he put in it was Gabe Davis, Dawson Ox, and Drake London. Drake London as the scare. Um, me last week I was two and one. My my I hit on Russ being outside the top twelve at his position, ETN inside, and then DJ Moore was my miss. Quick note on DJ Moore is just that. Um, I'm holding on to him in leagues where I have him simply because this team's obviously in a fire sale. As recording, about five minutes ago, Christian McCaffrey was announced for 49ers. Maybe they're not done collecting what they can get. Uh, it, it is tough. I would expect DJ Moore to stay, but that off chance he does get offloaded to a team where he could be more effective. I'm going to hold on to him for now. But otherwise than that, uh, I'm sorry if you guys played him last week, but he, he's he's done for your lineups as Carolina Panthers. It seems an absolute dumpster fire. Something to consider, though, is that because CMC's gone, Someone needs to get targets. It may be D- DJ Moore, but it may even actually be Shy Smith. I think he might even be a better option as a cheaper option to try to acquire um, going forward just because they're going to have to, to at least run plays and try to target someone during the game. Yeah, I mean, with them them going down two of their top three options from a week ago with them also moving Robbie Anderson this week to the Arizona Cardinals, it is it is a mess. So PJ Walker starting this week. I don't expect DJ Moore to put up quite a stat line. Maybe you hold them another couple couple weeks or through the, until their bye week comes around just to see if DJ Moore maybe is just the last man standing type volume. But I, I'm not sick. I'm in a lineup until we see probably at least a game or two of, of substantial play. I agree hundred percent. There's no reason to risk it. Yeah. So we're going to move now into our scare picks for this week. So Tim, 
who are you scared to fit into lineups? I went with David Montgomery. Um, I, there's a couple of reasons for this is that he's averaging only two targets per game for the entire season. He's going against the Patriots defense, which we know doesn't allow anything on the ground. It's most likely going to be a really low scoring game because of the quarterbacks that are in it, as well as the defensive game plan that, that uh, the Patriots are probably going to come into with. Um, just check my notes real quick. Uh, anything I want, I want to bring up. I think just even based on where he's ranked that there are at least four or five running backs below him that are, easily going to jump him in terms of projections to actual production this week that'll knock him out of the top 24. I just don't think he's at all safe. He's really dependent on on t- a touchdown, which I really don't want to bank against against the Patriots, as well as depending on if Herbert breaks a big one, there might not even be the yardage there to support either. And he got his first touchdown of the season last or two weeks ago, which was his only game above 10, which really isn't really worth much besides think, the rest of the weeks. So he's just not a guy I want to put in and be like, yeah, he's he's going to get this work because he hasn't proven that he's going to get this work or he's going to get these touchdowns because there are no touchdowns to be scored. So I'm definitely sitting David Montgomery this week. Yeah, I mean, so David Montgomery, he could very easily get 15 touches in this game and it could amass to 15 for 60 yards, one catch, gets you six and a half, seven points in your lineup. And that just does not get it done. Um, you know, we brought up, we had AJ Dillon on this show versus New England a couple of weeks ago. I think earlier in this season, we took someone against New England as well. It's just one of those matchups that is, it really is intimidated because unless if you're catching a lot of passes as a soul back in this backfield, you're going to struggle against New England. Touchdowns don't happen. We talked about how they have allowed the least rushing touchdowns since 2021 and that mark is like six you don't score on the ground against new england and even if they were to score on the ground you know clear herbert's come in on a couple red zone plays so if you if, let's say they're only going to get one on the ground there's no guarantee it goes to montgomery the you know the goal line volume won't be there where i like david montgomery's a running back too you know rest of the season he, he he's fine the volume's pretty darn safe the team still likes to run they've been trying to open up a little more which in, in lieu has actually helped their run game this is just not the week uh i know a lot of guys are gonna be struggling for pivots but if you if you have other options dave montgomery i'd i'd, I'd go that direction yeah two targets a game and like it's like 1.7 receptions is just not something that excites me whatsoever nope so moving over to my scare, I went a little outside the box for where I like to go because it isn't just strictly the matchup and it's a little bigger of a name. And I never thought I'd be here telling you to bench a Russell Wilson wide receiver versus the Jets. But here we are. I want nothing to do with Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy this week. My scare player is going to be Cortland Sutton, though. The Jets defensive backs have ranked amongst the best in the league in yards allowed per route run versus man coverage. More importantly, rookie Sauce Gardner has the best passer rating grade in man coverage amongst all NFL corners. He's going to be spending most of the game on Cortland Sutton. Uh, It's not outlandish to say that Sauce is already a top 10 quarter in the NFL, and he's only trending up in that ranking. Uh, Just looking at this matchup, too, uh, from a a bigger scope, it's, it's also the lowest projected point total on the week at just 38. This could end up as one of the grossest matchups of the week. Russell Wilson has a, quote, real injury as well. And the notable pieces and then the Denver Rams have all struggled in back-to-back weeks now. The Jets have flipped their script to try and reinforce uh, the run as well, more since Zach Wilson has returned. And I can't blame him. Turnovers were a problem. They've been down since they've been doing that. And Brees has also leveled up. So there's reason to you know try to run the ball. With Denver being one of the toughest teams to throw against as well, I expect this game to flirt with the under, despite being one of the lowest lines all year. The, the, these teams are going to be trying to run the ball. Or even if they throw, I don't think it's going to be very effective. Uh, you know, Props to the Jets of late. And hopefully there's better 
days ahead for Denver. Uh, but I don't I don't want to become on the wrong side of a trend this week, starting Corn Sutton in typical shallow formats. So I'm out on him this week. I actually debated using Judy as my scare as well this week. So we were both kind of on the same idea. It's nice to see the Jets actually like completely flipped compared to last year where they were giving up everything on defense and they couldn't generate a pass rush. But like even the fact that their cornerbacks are alive and ready, I know that Ripen or however you want to say it, Reapin Ripen mm-hmm. uh, played a majority of snaps on Thursday for practice. Um, that doesn't deem well at all. Denver doesn't give up touchdowns, so there might not be any, even any drive or need to score touchdowns or try to score points on Denver's end. So there, this game could be almost nothing. So I'm 100% with you. Yeah, I know there's a lot of people who are saying they'd rather Brett Wright would start than um, Russell Wilson. They think that could be more points. It, it's not. I, I disagree yeah, with that no. wholeheartedly. I don't want a wide receiver for Brett Wright, but against one, one of the top secondaries right now in the NFL that is playing hot, playing pumped, young, full of energy. I, I, I want absolutely nothing to do with it. Absolutely. We're on the same page. So... I took I took one of the uh, your thoughts for a, a scare. So now I'm going to have you move on to your prayer player, who was honestly who I was originally looking at. So who who do you got that you're fitting into lineups? I went with Alec Pierce. There's a few reasons for it. Um, he scored his first touchdown last week, but he's also proven that he isn't touchdown dependent because he's had three straight weeks um, above I want to say 12 points, and he's averaging over seven targets a game in the last three games, and his Snap share has increased the last three games um, incrementally as we've gone along the weeks. So his, he's only getting more integrated in the offense. So he's being used more, as well as I really like the matchup. Tennessee is terrible on defense. Bottom 12 scoring defense. They're bottom 10 in um, yards per completion, and they are worst in uh, receiving touchdowns on the season. So everything speaks volumes to a receiver having a big game for the Colts, and I'm going to bank on Pierce this week based on our criteria and his previous usage. It could be a big Pittman day, but I think it even could be split because we know Matt Ryan likes to play. As well as Tennessee has no pass rush. They've lost basically three of their, I think, top five pass rushers on, on the season already or like going into the season what they expected to be. I think this is a really fun matchup for Pierce to kind of just explode and be top 20 this week, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee has been... Their secondary has been one to target all year. Um, with with the Colts originally looking at this match, you would have thought this is going to be an under game. You know, four to three, this has got to go under. It's going to be Taylor versus Derrick Henry. Um, these two teams are just going to be running the ball, running the ball, running the ball. And where it could be, you know, the, the scoreline could flirt with the under on that, but I don't think it's going to be as strictly run dependent, at least from the Colts standpoint. Jonathan Taylor is coming back from injury. I don't know exactly what version we're going to get, if they're just going to go straight back to give him the bulk of the touches, or if they're going to kind of ease him in more, especially with last week, they finally seemed to find their footing, you know, coming out and they incorporated all three of their top wide receivers. It was Paris Campbell's like first time he's ever finished top 24. He played hundred percent of the snaps. I don't, you'd have to be in a, really really deep format or a tough position for me to put any stock into paris campbell but alas you know they they probably put you know matt ryan might be flirting with 300 yards again in this game if he's going to do that Alec Pierce doesn't even need to score to have you know a, a good day or at least top 36 finish which is all we're aiming for here as you mentioned he went it went up incrementally in his snaps so he went from in the 40s to the 50s to the 60s and if that trend continues you know Alec pierce is he's just a great play he's gotten Six, nine, seven. Those, those have been his targets. I um, mean, he's a big play guy. He's gotten the trust of Matt Ryan. He's made some really tough catches. Um, so 
you know, Alec Pierce is a guy I'm getting in lineups. Absolutely. I'm, I, I kind of prefer him to Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy this week. I know that might sound bold, but that's how uncomfortable I am with the Broncos receivers. I really think Pierce is going to be top 20. <clears throat> Obviously, if it's, if it's all Pittman, Pittman's going to be top five. But what I really like about Pierce is that he is not touchdown dependent. Touchdowns are only a cherry on top of his production already. All right, so I'm going to move into my prayer player for the week. And, you know, this year has been wildly disappointing for fantasy. Across the board, there have been less points. And recognizing that around 75% of the NFL has had either a new quarterback or, you know, head coach, offensive coordinator in week one from their 2021 majority could be a reason uh, to explain part of why. So I'm going to go with Romeo Dobbs, a guy who falls in you know, into that situation. The pack, uh, the Packers are one team off to an unprecedentedly bad start. Um, not a lot has been working, you know, but one surprise connection has been Rodgers to the fourth round rookie. Uh, you know, last week versus the Jets was the first consecutive losses where Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers play together in 11 opportunities. Um, I'd expect them versus Washington to have a get right game. And I expect it to be a get right game for Romeo Dobbs. You know, he's been really quiet in both of their losses, but Washington is the ultimate get right opponent, ranking 31st of wide receivers for fantasy football. And also in week five, Cobb appeared to be reintegrated to the game plan. And then they were, they're kind of even that way again in week six, but with both him and Christian Watson out for this week, both Alan Lazard and Romeo Dobbs are primed for a full workload. You know, the Packers will go as far as their air raid goes this week. And I'm making sure I'm fitting their options into my lineups. Uh, Alan Lazard again is he's another player I just I, I need him in my lineups this week I'm not scared of the Rodgers slump expect over 20% of the targets to go Romeo Dobbs way uh, get him in Dobbs left about eight from ranging from eight to 15 points on the field on three targets alone last week that are dropped so if he if he just catches those the perception is way different even coming into the week now the receivers that are um, are other options that are out only make this a stronger play for the entire week um, I love playing against Watson or Washington, excuse me. I think that if you can attack it, not the interior, but like the slot and cornerback between or the outside corner between that area, you're going to find success all day. Um, it could even be something where the Packers have issues defending um, against the more dynamic receivers underneath, which caused them to need to score more points as well, which will create more opportunities for Dobbs to score as well. Yeah, I love this. I'm- I love this play. Yeah, and it's 14 targets in two weeks. I mean, he's only had, you know, around four points in both those weeks, but you can, you really can't get 14 targets in two weeks. Seven seven targets a game is absolutely startable. That's something you'd want from, you know, even the top percent of players. And, you know, Greenby has been relatively ineffective in their run game as well. Like, I, I would hope that they would, of course, rational coaching doesn't always happen, but I would hope they get Aaron Jones more worked in. They kind of take a step back from the Aaron, the AJ Dillon projects, and they they get Romeo Dobbs back and rolling, and they try to get Aaron Rodgers, you know, back in his flow of things. So that that is what I'm expecting this game. Uh, if Green Bay doesn't win this game, I'm going to be absolutely shocked. And it could be even short fields with turnovers from um, from Heineke. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So with that being said, guys, if anyone's here still. Thank you so much. Please like, subscribe. If you have guys that you're interested in or you want to know our opinion or any start sit questions, please go drop them in the comments. Uh, as for us, you can find us on Twitter at nubs. That's two N's, two B's. I'm at BFF Buffalo. Also, JWB is at JWB underscore FF. You can, um, you can go on our website for all of our weekly rankings as well, which would, could help with some of these start sits. Uh, just JWB Fantasy Football dot 
gmail.com and please hop on our discord we got conversations going all the time again we were on this start sit there's so much last minute starts it and me myself i find that very 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 helpful so with that being said thank you guys and we will do our best to catch you next week <laughs>